Welcome to Kashmir on the Air. This is your weekly radio show dealing with uh, Kashmir issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we have a very interesting show. It's a follow-up on some of the things that we mentioned last week. And I have uh, material here from the Star K and from the CRC in Chicago, all about medications. And if anybody would like to call in, I'll be able to uh, answer the questions as best as I can from based on the materials that they provide. So you can reach us at the at the studio, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. In addition to that, we'll be talking about Pas Yisrael, specifically about the OUS places that are Pas Yisrael, of which there are a few hundred, but I'm not going to read all the names. I'm going to give you some kind of an idea about the Pas Yisrael. And the other thing we're going to be discussing is Jasa and Meals on Wheels. And I think that's a, a good place to start because it's very interesting and it's a current in my life. I just, uh, just finished working on one case today and um, hopefully I'll be working on others in the future. Anyway, um, you can call us at 718 718- Six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, or you could text us anytime three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. If you can't get through on the phone, I suggest you text. And of course, if you miss us, you can contact me at the office. I'll give the numbers later. But anyway, right here seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. If you have any questions, especially about medications. Now, uh, I'd like to start with this story about Jason about the Meals on Wheels, because here's exactly what happened. I, a few weeks ago, I was asked by somebody to look into Meals on Wheels for him, and uh, he wanted to know what was going on, the JASA program. JASA is a Jewish uh, 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 aged, uh, I don't know exactly what that stands for, but it's, a, for, it's for the older people, and they provide Meals on Wheels, kosher Meals on Wheels. And I found out that they have two types, which would be good if it was the only thing they had. Unfortunately, they also make tray for meals. I believe the tray for meals from JASA, I mean, that's, it's, it's strange to me that they do that, is uh, that, that they're made in the cent- two of these centers um, and provided for the, uh, the older citizens who come there. Now, this is really a, a very uh, disappointing part of it. And I don't know all the details. I didn't have time to research it. And I, I don't know if I'm going to go there, but I'll tell it to you right here. If you're in the wrong area, you can have a lot of trouble getting meals on wheels for your older folks. And um, you can get them, but you have to know there's different types. First of all, there are cold meals, frozen meals, which they could get. And they're going to come with regular seals on them. It's a regular company, whatever the company is. You know, if you like it, you like it. Don't like it, don't like it. But <laughs> you're going to have something to put in the freezer. Then you have the, the hot meals on wheels. So what Jasa told me when I investigated was that they provide kosher meals on wheels uh, in two types. One is what they call a regular kosher for regular people, and then they have like a Haredi kind with a Hamish Ashkacha. And it seems that the the regular ones are under the OU, which sounds very good, and it, it probably double sealed. I don't know. I didn't examine it, but I can't imagine the OU would put it out with that double seal. And then it's warmed up. It doesn't really matter too much in what it's warmed up in. Um, no different than going on an airplane. 
If it's properly double sealed, you're safe. If it's not properly double sealed, then you're not safe. They only have to know what the rest of the things are that are going on in that place. And they also have these Hamish meals, which have a, a chasiyah shashkoch in addition to a national shashkoch, I believe. And that's coming from um, that's coming from the Muncie area, and it comes down to New York to Brooklyn, and it, it's you know more for Borough Park, Williamsburg, maybe Flappish also. I don't know. I don't know how it works with that. You can go into a facility, a senior's facility, and they have meals over there also in the senior center, and that, that may be a different thing. I'm not sure if it's under, if they're not these frozen meals and these not these uh, sealed meals, they're cooked and available in, the, in that facility. So you, um, you have to know more details about the senior center that you're going to visit. Uh, that's obviously something that that person has to examine. But it seems they also do trafe. They told me it's only in areas where you know, people are not really interested in kosher. But I found out today, it was very disappointing, and I'm going to share it with you. A woman called me up. From, it's one of the social service organizations. I'm not going to mention which one. Very nice social service organization in our Flatbush area. And she had asked me last week, and we didn't get a chance to talk, so we, today we talked. But she left messages I was under the impression she was talking about Jasa. She said, talk about meals on wheels and kosher meals on wheels. And she told me an interesting thing, that they, uh, the meals that uh, that were going to be provided to this person that she was handling, she was working for, that's her client, um, the, the person who was going to get the meals, uh, they told they, when they examined it, they found out they, these meals, uh, they said that the only hashkocha they have is New York State. I said, New York State? I said, you have, uh, uh, you have the OU and you have the uh, Hamish Hashkocha. And then she told me today, she didn't tell me last week, he told me from Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities is giving out kosher meals. Catholic Charities is giving out kosher meals. I couldn't believe this one. I went into it a little bit. I'll just tell you what happened. It seems that Catholic Charities... Uh, ties into somebody who distributes these meals, and they buy them from Flatbush. Or maybe it's a little further up. Maybe it's not called Flatbush anymore. Whatever, it's on the Ocean Parkway. And the meals are made in a conservative synagogue. And so far, no one from the organization was able to contact me. Um, nor did they contact the woman that I had spoken to. So I, I eventually I'll probably find out the details. But my guess is it's not under a proper certification. It's probably not monitored well. It may not have double seals. In any event, it's certainly not lechat So what happened was, it's interesting, that even in the Catholic Charities, it seems that Catholic Charities handles the hot meals for Meals on Wheels in this particular part of Bensonhurst. So in Bensonhurst, you have two areas. One is handled by the Hamisha groups or the JASA who give you kosher meals. And the other one is Catholic Charities handles it. And you got to get your kosher from Catholic Charities. I, I was dumbfounded. And here's the interesting part of the whole thing. It seems that the client is not really from. You know, she'll eat kosher, but, but she's not dying to have kosher. And so she, you know, they can get her kosher meals, no problem getting kosher meals for her, but they'd be frozen. She doesn't like frozen. She wants it warm. 
So now this woman is caught in between the lady that I spoke to. She said, am I doing an Aveira in helping this woman to get the, these, this food? I said, well, you know, you didn't do that. She's, it's her choice to do it. You gave her numbers. That's her choice, what she's going to take. And uh, you can't really do much else than that, besides that. But I tell you what I think you should do. And this is what I, I gave her the assignment. I don't know if she's going to be successful. I told her that what she really should do is, is to uh, set up a, uh, uh, try to go to JASA and try to get JASA to accept this person and make some kind of exception in that area. I mean, it's not as simple as all that, and I don't know if it'll be successful, but that was the best suggestion that I could come up with. But what you see from this is that, you know, when somebody says something is kosher in a certain place, etc., you really don't know what you're talking about. I had a situation um, a week ago, uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, a young man who uh, used to be my Talmud, uh, got smicha from Yeshiva Bekas Ruvain, actually, and he, he had an interesting experience in contacting a certain rabbi. And uh, he's out of town. It's not in this area. I don't know if I mentioned in the previous show. Probably not. And what he said is that the, uh, the rabbi told him that he has this, uh, he, he has these, he has about 12 different restaurants in his city that he gives hashkacha to. And they're all open on Shabbos, owned by Goyim. No mashkiach there. And uh, some of them are these uh, vegetarian places or whatever it is. And he has whatever program he could set up there. And my, my young friend asked him, but Rabbi, you know, you, this is what you stand for? I mean, he said, listen, I'll tell you what it is. I'm in a shul. And in the shul, most of the people are not very religious. And I felt I had to get something here that would bring basic kosher to all of them. Because they're going to eat out, if that, whether there's hashkoch on the place or not. So I'm trying my best to, to upgrade in the kosher way. I, I was dumbfounded. You put your name on it as kosher, and you're you're just trying to raise the standard. I was dumbfounded because in that town they have some very a very very nice hashkoch, very responsible hashkoch, and who would never do such a thing. And uh, it's 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 absolutely amazing. It's amazing uh, how people, uh, you know, when we, we, you have to investigate. And believe it or not, it doesn't take too much to investigate. A couple of calls, a call actually, a couple of questions, you usually get much more information than you ever imagined you're going to get. But people have to train themselves to do it. Anyway, that was a little bit about JASA. Uh, we will discuss uh, Pas Yisrael and maybe about Simonim. Uh, how to check them, etc., and go through that in a little while. But I have in front of me, a, 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 by the way, there's something that came out from the OU, but I don't have it. I wasn't able to find it on my way out. And uh, if you get a chance to get it, it's very, very good. You can probably call the OU and try to contact Rabbi Grossman, uh, Yosef Grossman at the OU. Uh, the, the regular OU number is 212-563-4000. And uh, if you get a hold of Rabbi Grossman or somebody else over there, we could send to you a copy of the recent uh, uh, Consumer Daf HaKashras. It should be in shuls already. Uh, if you saw it in the shul, fantastic. It's all about uh, the um, vegetarian restaurants, which we're just we're talking about. It's a shame I didn't have it here, but the, it's a, those are vegetarian restaurants and telling you 
what could be wrong with them um, from the point of view if there's no mashkiach, there's no hashka, you know, nobody, nobody on the premises, what could be wrong? And, and if there's a rabbi and the rabbi isn't one that you basically rely upon, is it still all right? Because vegetarian is close to kosher, so maybe with a mini rabbi involvement, it could be it could go over the go over the line and be considered acceptable, which is sort of what we were talking about. And uh, the OU spells out clearly what's wrong with the whole idea. And <laughs> you have to get a copy of this if if you have friends who go to Manhattan and go to these funny restaurants. They say, "Well, it's vegetarian; can't be too bad." You take a look at this and see what's really going on there. Anyway, I want to mention a little bit about Pas Yisrael. The OU put out, and I was really amazed at this because I've watched the OU put these things out over the years. They have a Pas Yisrael list, that OU products at a Pas Yisrael, that is three three pages long, tiny, tiny letters. It's, a, I mean, I'm guessing about 100 companies, which is not much in the thousands that they have. We're talking about Pas Yisrael. Now, what was interesting to me, and I think you should get this and understand this, is that it includes places like ShopRite in some of the ShopRites. And they mentioned here two interesting cities. I was trying to do it on the map. One is Aberdeen, New Jersey, and one is Lawrenceville, New Jersey. I mean, one is close to the, the from Yisha, but one's right next to Trenton. And I thought it was I thought it was interesting that they have that. It says that all in-house prepared foods are both Pas Yisrael and Yoshin. Everything is Yoshin in ShopRite of Aberdeen. I mean, everything in the store. I mean, everything that's produced by the bakery is ShopRite of Aberdeen and ShopRite of Lawrenceville. It's all Pas Yisrael and Yoshin, all of the breads and cakes and whatever they make over there. Amazing. I, I was just father guess that I have to find out. Maybe that's a story that I have to investigate why they why they're doing it and how it's working out. Because uh, I can't imagine that. And one store I can imagine is a from neighborhood nearby, but the other, I just didn't see it as such a from neighborhood. Anyway, um, in addition to that, they have some other interesting places. Uh, I was was looking at here. Um, if I can find it now. We really we don't have to go through it, but it, it's shocking when you see how many uh, of their places are really past Yisrael. And uh, now they're not going to necessarily say it on the packaging. So I know that I remember years ago that the um, that Chabad used to have what we call a grapevine because Chabad is makpid on past Yisrael, and that's really why. Uh, uh, they, you know, they, they, that's they have one of their uh, the chumras that they follow, and uh, pretty strictly. And what they used to have is like a grapevine. Everyone was telling everybody else, "This is Pas Yisrael, and that's Pas Yisrael." And and I, I can't tell you if it was true or not. The people in the OU, when I was talking to them about it, said it was not accurate. But now the OU, the last few years, has put out a list of all their Pas Yisrael products. And if you want to get that, again, you go to Rabbi Grossman. I found his number now. 212-613-8212. Uh, listen, if he, if he gets upset with you, uh, the, upset with me, I can't give his number out again. But it's 212-613-8212. And you could ask him that you want to get the Dafakashris for the Pasha products and the Dafakashris, a consumer one, about the 
vegetarian uh, restaurants. And if you want to get on his mail list, if you can get on there, that'd be great. Or you can you can email him at grossman at ou.org. Grossman, two S's, at ou.org. And just ask him to these. probably easy for him to just flip it over to you in an email. And it's uh, they're wonderful public, wonderful two public publications. Uh, this thing here is is phenomenal. Um, I'd like to go now into the main topic. We maybe we'll come back to some of these things later on. And I hope to get you know what let's let's do uh, before we go there because I don't know if anyone's calling right now. No one's manning the uh, the boards there, so I'm not sure if anybody's calling in. <clears throat> but I'd like to just mention. And people are calling me up about the simonim, what we have in Rosh Hashanah, and what they need, whether they need uh, bedika or not. You know, we can't do this uh, well over the phone, internet, like we're doing now. And it's it's uh, the right thing is for you to buy the book. I don't sell it. It's not mine. It's Rabbi Moshe Vaya, Bedika Samazon. It's a practical laws and practical methods for checking foods. Bedikas Hamazon of Moshe Vaya. It's in all the Hebrew bookstores, and you get a picture of unfortunately the bugs. You get a picture of all of the uh, the types of fruits and vegetables and the insects that you find on there, and how to, and it gives you exactly how to check them. The trick is you have to learn how to read the book because on the very very first page. It says there's little stars and red stars and blue stars and checks. And that whole system is about whether it's rarely infested or often infested. And they have a, a different color lines for Israel and for the United States and Canada and for England and the northern Europe. So you just have to read that little thing. It's pasted inside the front page. You can't miss it. And then when you look in the book... You just look for the, those symbols and you'll know if it's addressing you or not or it's something that happens only in places, maybe in Israel or other places where it's very hot and, and maybe it's not uh, able to, they're not able to keep out the insects. But in general, all things are good, but not perfect. And that's why you look at this and he'll give you an idea. So for example, uh, somebody had opened this book to, the, to, the, to showing how to do celery which is very, very easy to do and shows the leaf miner, which I've always talked about. But let's take a one-second look and let's see what he says about leeks because leeks is definitely an issue that's interesting. Um, the other one is the black-eyed peas, which is also an issue. And uh, let's just see what he says about leeks, which is on page... I'm not turning as fast as I'd like to because I can't. I'm blocked by the microphone. So he's, uh, the leaks are on page 244. It seems to be a problem in across the board. Israel, England, uh, U.S., everywhere. It says it's often infested, the leaks. They lay between the layers of the leak. They're thrips and other small insects. So here's what he wants to recommend for us to do with leeks. It takes a little time. I'm going, to re- I'm going to try to read it carefully. It's not that many points. Or, uh, cut off the green leaves from the tubular part and discard them. So now we're not dealing with leaves. 
We're only dealing with the stalk itself. Then cut off and discard about a half, I mean, sorry, a, a fifth of an inch. How do you do a fifth of an inch? A little more than a quarter of an inch, right? Cut off and discard a little more than a quarter of an inch at the bottom, near the root. Okay, those are two steps. You got rid of the, the green stuff that goes there. It's just going to be the, the leek itself, the stalk. We cut off and threw away about a little more than a quarter of an inch at the bottom. Half the tubes down its entire length. You can make a cut, and now we don't longer have a tube. We have it spread out. Separate into individual layers. So you shouldn't have two or three leaves together, but they should be each separate. Rinse each layer and each leaf under a strong stream of running water while rubbing with your fingers. Alternatively, you may soak the pieces in soapy water and then rinse each, rinse each piece without rubbing. So you either rub them or you just put in soapy water and then rinse them. It's not an earth-shattering amount of work to do, but that's what's needed for leaks. People who do a lot of leaks you know, find it, <laughs> find it a little bit harder, a little more time-consuming. But for what you're doing for, this, uh, for the uh, Rosh Hashanah uh, meal, uh, I'm sure it's not going to take you more than five minutes. So it, it isn't so scary. Now let's go on to the black-eyed peas, which is something that, uh, I'll see if he has it under B. I think not, but could be under something else. We'll find out. And uh, here it is. Here it is, black-eyed peas, just like that. Okay, black-eyed peas is on page 173. And, uh, oh, there's a great picture here of the uh, blueberry problem. If you want to take a look at that, it's on the same page there. Black-eyed peas. So now, in this, he says that, uh, we guess, we again, we have the problem in the United States. But he puts a check there, and the check means it's presumed clean. The fresh and black-eyed peas in the United States are clean. Fresh black-eyed peas in the United States should be clean, okay? The dried black-eyed peas is a problem for the United States. He says it's rarely infested, but I suppose if you want to check it, so you have to do that way he discusses doing beans. But it doesn't sound so scary. Um, he says more likely than other beans to harbor infestation. So he has a method with beans. I don't have time to go through it now. If you want to get the book, it's really worth it. Bidikas Hamazon, it's about $25. Rabbi Moshe Vaya, V-A-Y-E. Uh, if you want to order it over the phone so or, or over the internet or whatever you do, um, Feldheim sells it, I believe, and it should be on there. But every bookstore that sell, has an internet site would, would sell it to you, every Hebrew bookstore. Bidikas Hamazon, Rabbi Moshe Vaya. Okay, going back to the topic that we're really supposed to be talking about tonight, which was the um, the medicines. So I did what I told uh, the people last week when I called in. I said, go and uh, just go to the site. They have the uh, COR, I'm sorry, CRC in Chicago, Chicago Rabbinical Council, and the Star K. And it's amazing. They have a tremendous amount of over-the-counter things that you could buy. And tells they tell you exactly for each type of need, you know, what, whatever your problem is. So I'm going to talk about specifically the two issues that people that asked me last week, and um, 
In a couple of minutes, I'll be able to get your calls again. I, right now, it's impossible to get calls. So uh, I'm going to tell you some of the uh, items that they were asking last week. We were asked about children's Tylenol, you know, children's Motrin, etc. So I'm going to read to you all of the names that you could find right now. And I'm going to tell you another secret here. When I I went to the Star K website, it said 2016. That was, this was the list from 2016. So I contacted them and I said, is that current? And they said, yes, thank you for letting us know. And we're going to change it to 2017. So people forget to put, you know, to to send the new hashkacha. So people forget to change 216 to 217. But yes, this is their current list as of a couple of days ago. And I don't think you should think it changed. And if you want to scribble down the names, there are quite a few names over here. If they haven't, if you don't have anything, then maybe you're going to want to know about these. So I'm going to give you some names of, uh, specifically children's Tylenol. So we have here, we have, um, let me see, one sec, here we go. Children's, Advil children's suspension, all flavors. Advil children's suspension, all flavors. Advil infant drops, the white grape, and the dye-free, white grape is okay, is according to this. Advil infant drops, white grape, and dye-free. And then um, he goes into the regular caplet, caplets, but I want the, ch- the children's stuff. There's another Advil here, junior strength swallowable, which is not chewable. There's a junior strength swallowable, okay, but that's an older child. Then we have over here... Uh, Motrin, Motrin for children here. Motrin children's suspension. They have two good ones and two bad ones. Okay, the children's suspension Motrin. The berry is good and the dye-free berry, but the but the bubble gum and the grape are not any good. So Motrin children's suspension bubble gum and grape don't use, but the berry and the dye-free berry is okay. And then there's, Motrin makes a thing called infant's drops. And the berry and dye-free berry are both good. It's a little hard to read the next one, but it's called S-I-L-A-R-X Pharmaceuticals. They make uh, a children's, it looks like S-I-L-A-P-A-P, a sedimentophen liquid from Silarx. Children's S-I-L-A-P-P-A-P, acetaminophen liquid. And then uh, we have here Target. That's easy. Target. A lot of people like to go to Target stores. Up and up children's ibuprofen. That's the ibuprofen chewable tablets. Grape flavored is acceptable to the Star K. Open up children's ibuprofen, uh, chewable tablets, grape-flavored Target brand. And then they have a Tylenol, infant's drops, cherry and grape. And they have Tylenol, children's chewable tablets, bubble gum and grape. So some of the bubble gum thing was no good. Let me just see what that was again. 
that Motrin with the bubble gum and, and the grape was no good, children's suspension, but the Tylenol chewable, chewable tablets, bubble gum and grape is okay. And the children's suspension cherry and grape from Tylenol is also good. That's gives you, there's more also. Walgreens makes an ibuprofen junior strength chewable tablets, orange flavored. So that gives you an idea of some of the things available. And I'm going to look, take a quick look at the CRC list and see if they've added anything or, or detracted anything. It's different sections and they have about cough drops and cold and flu. But I'm going to look for the children's should be here. Pain relief fever reducer. Okay, here we go. Signature Care, that's the name of the company. Signature Care, infants ibuprofen, berry flavor is okay. Signature Care, junior strength ibuprofen, grape flavored chewable. And the Tylenol Children's Liquid Cherry Blast or Grape. He says that they say that Tylenol, not including dye-free. I'm not sure that's what the, what the Star K said. Tylenol Children's Suspension, Cherry and Grape is okay. Um, yeah, Tylenol Infant Drops, Cherry or Grape Flavor, including dye-free. And then they have the Tylenol Infant's Oral Suspension, Cherry and Grape. The Up and Up, the same thing again, Children's Acetaminophen. And it says Melty Tab. I don't know what Melty Tab is. Up and Up Junior Strength Acetaminophen, and it's also Melty Tabs. Up and Up Children's Ibuprofen Oral Suspension. Up and Up Dye Free Infants Concentrated Ibuprofen. And then they had mentioned also uh, the Walgreens Junior Strength Ibuprofen and the chewable tablets. What you see from this, I mean, at least what I saw by looking at it, is that the two of them are not the same. Uh, some add more and some have less. Uh, obviously, that's their research. It's independent. That shows you they're not stealing from each other <laughs> and they, they're watching it. And that gives you an idea, at least about one of the things. I don't have time to go through all the rest of it with you. I bore everybody out of their minds. But if you have a chance and you need it, get a list, get this listing. It's all current and you could just uh, make a staple it and keep it in a safe place. And it's got all kinds of over-the-counter things, including cough drops. And so this is a, a sort of a secret that nobody knows, and it's very, very easy to get. And then on the the websites of these two cashless agencies, you can find many, many other lists, a list of alcoholic beverages, a list of, of regular beverages like sodas and things with hundreds of products listed. It's all there free for you. So this is a really a, a tremendous thing for, for kosher consumers to, to have some of this uh, the material in their homes to take a look. Now, I've often mentioned that the, star, the, the CRC also has a recommended list. They don't call it recommended because they don't want to, uh, I suppose they don't want to hurt anybody. They don't call it a recommended list, but that really is what it is. And you could uh, go to that list. It's called Other Agencies on the website of the CRC in Chicago. And there's a few hundred uh, hashgachas mentioned over there. It's enough to keep you, your refrigerator and your cabinets completely filled. So you don't have to worry about other things. But I can tell you from the people who call our offices that 
people don't want to be satisfied with that list. You cannot imagine how many people call up and say, you know, it's not on the list. It's not on the CRC list. Is it good? I mean, get the message. Why do you think it's not on the list? And the and the uh, and people always want to have this particular thing. We must have this particular thing. Now, I, I got a call. Actually, it was an email today, but an interesting one. Um, it, there was a, I, I don't know if you if you remember this, but around Pesach time, the the Cuff K certifies Joyva products, and for Pesach, Joyva made a big business in Pesach when it was under Rabbi Sheinkoff. They made a big business with Pesach sales on their things, but their things have kidneys inside. And Rabbi Sheinkoff uh, certifies it, even though it has kidneys. And that's before was it for was, was for for, Ashka, for Spardim. He was saying Ashkenazim could use it, which we don't agree. But the point is that uh, he was producing, he was putting out this for years and years and years. And when the Joyva went to the Kafke, so if anybody calls in, let us. Okay, we can get calls now. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. If you want to discuss anything in, in general, or if you want to mention about medicines, I'll be able to check it up for you. The number again: seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And if you want to e- uh, text us, the text number is three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Again, if you want to call seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. So I was telling you that. Uh, that Rabbi Sheinkoff gave the Hashkocha because he permits uh, the, the um, kidneys on Pesach. And uh, that's not the, the, the accepted minig. Uh, so uh, for Pesach, when the Kuf K got the Hashkocha, the company said to him, I don't want to lose all the business. We have a lot of Pesach business. You're not going to certify for Pesach. So they permitted the company to have Rabbi Sheinkoff certify it. Now, Rabbi Sheinkorf certifies it. Basically, he's, 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 he's jumping in the back, in the back of the Kuf K, because the Kuf K is running it all year round. It's just that for eight days, they don't want to, uh, production, they don't want, I mean, just a minute. They, they, and they don't, for eight days, they don't want to, uh, you know, they have to inconvenience people. They can't, they can't, uh, do it for the Pesach run. They can't certify for Pesach. So, they let him. They let him certify it, but really, it's them. It's not that they're going to uh, certify it, but they know all the ingredients. You can't take anything else in. They didn't introduce any new ingredients. So this woman had a package of something. I suppose it was Pesach. I hope it's still fresh. And somebody gave it to her, and she wants to know if she could use it. So I said it's under the cuff K. Because it, technically that's what it is. She said, oh, fine, very good. She didn't know who Rabbi Sheinkoff is. She, she didn't understand it. And uh, so this way, there really is no issue. And that's a, that's a, that's a rule of thumb um, when some of these things occur. But uh, uh, because nobody for a few days could change the production in the, in the plant, they wouldn't be able to do it. Um, that, that's exactly the whole issue. You can't make a, to make a Pesach run is very, very hard. So uh, the when it, there may be other companies that are doing the similar thing. I don't know, but this is, was an interesting situation. Okay, we got a caller. Go ahead, Yvonne Kashmir's on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, hi. Um, the, about spinach leaves, um, if they're not checked, how do I check them? I'm sorry. You, it, well, what leaves? The spinach leaves. I'm eating them because I need to. Yeah. 
How could I check them if they're not checked? If they're not checked, well, that's your job then. So let's let's go through spinach, which, by the way, has been difficult in getting 100% clean. And then if, if you'll notice that some of the companies for a while didn't have the spinach under the Ashkocha because it isn't very easy. But let's just see what it says over here. I, before we even I find it in the book, so let me just tell you that we put up our sukkah yesterday. Um, I didn't know it did so early. Don't worry. <laughs> Somebody came, so we did it together. Uh, but I just... Uh, uh, but it, it, what was interesting was that, you know, you have to check if you have schach that's made out of bamboo, which is what I use. You have to check it by banging it a few times. And if there's a lot of bugs, then you have to go ahead and spray it. And we had a very interesting time check, you know, checking it and uh, finding out how many bugs were there, were there. It was a nice lot, but I think it was enough to be able to be also banging because they didn't come out after the banging. So now let me just tell you what it says over here about spinach. Spinach is on page 312. Now, it's not short. Are we talking fresh? We're talking fresh? Yes. Okay. First of all, Spinach is one of those things that gets a double mark, which means usually infested. We call muchsak betoloyim. It's on the high level of, of infestation. A highly infested vegetable and very hard to check. Small insects are found on both sides of the leaf, as well as worms that burrow tunnels inside the flesh of the leaf and the stalk. Those are called leaf miners, and you have to learn about that. If you don't know what a leaf miner is, and you can get a picture of it somewhere in a book or on the wherever. I'm not going to talk about internet now, but if you can get a hold of a copy of anything that'll show you a picture of the leaf miners, they're not hard to spot. But of course, spinach is tiny, and you got to train yourself. You got to be really feeling confident that you know what a leaf miner is, or you really shouldn't be doing anything with these kinds of uh, uh, these kinds of uh, vegetables. It's therefore highly recommended to use only specially grown bug-free vi- spinach. Okay, we're not doing that now. Uh, so here's what you do: three parts, not so scary. Soak the leaves in soapy water for three minutes. Okay. I would say agitate also, even though it doesn't say it here. Um, he wants you to only use the leaves, the flat leaves. Uh, but I don't know what else you have. I suppose if it's too curly, maybe he thinks you can't do it. Rinse it well. Check each leaf on both sides with thorough, with, it says through lighting. I suppose he means a light box. Do you have a light box? No. Well, you got to get one. But if you can't get a light box, um, if you had a fluorescent fixture, any fluorescent fixture. I have a fluorescent in the kitchen. No, no, no. But the fluorescence from the ceiling, you know, you're not, you're not standing up near the ceiling. Okay. You know, so you're not getting the full flow of it. And you're not going to be able to see through it. You need, uh, you need to have somebody give you a light box for the little time. You buy a light box. It's not going to cost you $100. It costs like a $39 or something like that. You can get a cheaper thing. You just have to have something with a bulb that, uh, that has, uh, you know, has a fluorescent bulb. And then you you put the thing right on there. It's not that hot, and it doesn't hurt your hand. And you put it right there and move it around. So he wants you to put it with some through lighting. The insects and the trails of the worms burrow inside. The thickness of the leaf show up clearly against the light, and that's it. So uh-huh. it's just a it's just a soak it for three minutes, rinse it well. But the checking is what you really need to know. I've told many people that they have to get. 
some kind of training. Now, we don't, ha- we don't offer it. We tried a few times. We weren't successful. It's hard to arrange. Then when we mentioned uh, people who would do it, and then we mentioned the price involved, people got scared away. So I'm not interested in trying to in, you know, set up a, a system of, check, of training. But you can train yourself. If you could do the, I don't want to say it, but if you had the internet and you check things out on the videos and on the, there's this videos of how to check uh, on everything you want is on the on the web, and you can. Uh, uh, by the way, the one of, I just saw a beautiful um, video which you can get. If, I mean, if anybody wants, uh, you can you can email me. I'll email the thing to you from uh-huh. Rabbi from Rabbi uh, Belsky. On chickens, a very interesting set set of uh, of videos he has on chickens. But now, way back to us, there are there there are a million videos that are available to see how to check. But if you don't know what a leaf miner is, and you have never checked, and you don't have a light box, really, you don't belong doing it yourself. I mean, it you need it, so then let's just get the light box. You want to learn how to check it. You, um, I'll tell you, uh, if you go to a store, I don't know which stores you're near by, we're near you, a big supermarket in Flatbush Borough Park that has a mashkiach that works there, and if he's been trained by, by David Goldstein, or he's somebody well, and he's a very reliable hashkocha, let's say, on the store, on, the, on, on his work, that man knows his stuff. And uh, he they could, could. They he, could show me something. They could show you what I tell people is, ask him to show you some samples. Let take a let him take a couple of things, uh, you know, of, of the leaves that he's found, save it, and show it to you. But the leaf miner takes you two minutes to learn. You, there's no one in the world who couldn't learn in two minutes how to check for leaf miners. I'm telling you, it's it's really not that difficult. But to see bugs on a light box. First of all, you have to have a light box, and to see bugs in a light box, you have to train your eyes. You have to make sure you really can see them. Because I have many people tell me I've never seen a bug. They think they're doing great. I've never seen a bug. Maybe it's you don't know how to see the bug. You have to. You have to. You've got to be scared about it because it's it's a lot of lavin, and it's it's doable. You have to have these vegetables. No one's saying no. We just get a very simple way to do it. It's basically washing and rinsing, right, with some hasopi water and then washing and rinsing. But you got to check it on the light box, and you have to be able to see it. So got to get somebody to help you with it. I, uh, if you want to call me uh, off the air, I'll give you my cell phone. Not my cell phone. I'll give you my telephone number at the office, 718-336-8544. 718-336-85. Nobody has my cell phone number. But my kids and my wife. That's 718-336-8544. So you, you, you call me, and I'll go help you further, but you've got to start getting this. If you go into a Svarim store, they have what they call Bug Checker, a nice little light box. You can go to any hardware store and say, I need a little fluorescent thing. I'm going to use like a light box. Get a circular piece. I have one of these. or and It's a little light fixture. It costs you $30 or whatever, and it plugs in, and you just put something on there. It's a light fixture. It would, it would go on the ceiling. So instead, you're plugging it on the, on the outlet, and you're putting the, 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 uh, the vegetables on top of it. It's very easy to do. Okay, thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Take care. We have another caller? No. Okay. 
So we're going back to uh, to something else. Since we people, you know, are interested in the, on this area of the insects, I will I will uh, discuss a, another one of them here, which is the celery, which is not not so scary. It's this it's this leaf miner. So we're going to spend a minute or two on the leaf miner. The minute the the leaf miner is easily identifiable because he leaves a trail. The trail is always the same kind of thing. It's not straight. It's always circuitous or wavy. It never looks like a straight trail. If it looks like it's straight, it's a crack in the thing or whatever it is, but it's not It's not the leaf miner. The leaf miner has a trail that you would be able to pick up. Once you see one or two of these, you're never going to make the mistake. In addition to that, the leaf miner may be inside. And he might be in the beginning of the trail, the end of the trail. You'll also see some black things there on the trail sometimes. That's his leavings. And and with the leaf miner, most times you won't find him there. But the stuff that's left inside is, is not allowed to be eaten. And so you have to cut away. And some people want to throw the whole thing away. But if you want, at least you have to cut away every, all the area plus about an inch on either side of this leaf miner. It's it, the other thing about the trail is that it's not the same color as the vegetable, because the vegetable is the vegetable, and this is a trail, which means he burrowed out a hole. So there's no more of the vegetable there. It's a blank space. It's like a tunnel. So it's got to be a duller color. Looks sort of whitish or grayish. It's got to be a different color than the actual flesh of the vegetable. So the one I'm looking at in the book here, uh, it's a wavy one, and uh, it's like almost a very, very, very light green, and the rest of the of the uh, celery is, of course, green. It's so easily recognizable. But if you've never seen one, you might not catch it. And, and once you've seen them, you should be able to spot every single one, and I, I trust everybody just, just from what I've told them already. It's very, very hard to be fooled. That's on a celery. But par- something like a parsley or a uh, celery leaf or uh, something like uh, she was talking about spinach, they're very thin and the, 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 the leaf miner is very tiny and it's not that much space and it is something you have to train yourself a little bit to see. And if you're not sure, so don't eat that part or don't eat that one. Or you can run to some of the stores and, and, and beg the, the, the mashkiach to take a look at it for you and tell you if that's really a leaf miner or not. You're not going to cut into the vegetable. You're not going past it. That's about as far as you're going to go. Uh, let's see if there's another uh, another part here that might be interesting for you. In the book, not only does it have you know pictures of the insects and of the leaf miners, etc., but you'll see something which we call scale, and scale is something that uh, many people are not familiar with. Familiar with, even though we've mentioned here on the show a number of times, scale. It looks like a scale. It it can be taken off like a scale, and uh, it's a it's an actually a bug inside with a covering around it. We well, has a picture here on page 255. 
with scales uh, from what he calls a white fly, and it's on a lettuce leaf. And they look like little dots. And many people, you know, I've seen this, and many people would look at it and say, it's just uh, something, you know, uh, an imperfection of some sort. But once you get into this thing and you look at the book and you see the pictures, then you will be able to find these things to the best of your human ability. Now, a question comes up, you know, it was recently a, a story, I don't know the details yet. I'm trying to find out the, the facts. But it seems that there was a an error or a problem that happened with a, one of the vegetable companies that that people use one of the uh, you know check one of those that are supposedly checked already you know so th- this company sent some things to a uh, to a, uh, the, to the larger food uh, the food uh, uh, you know the, to the to the, uh, the people who are working in the food service industry it wasn't a, a it wasn't a product that you would buy on the store in the stores but the same kind of vegetable but it was sent only to these uh, to, to, to these um, bigger buyers, you know, like restaurants and stuff like that. So they had some insects in there. I don't know how many. I'm, I'm trying to find out the details. And uh, so it was a problem. And then it was cleaned up, and I'm sure everything is fine. And then they're in business, and I'm sh- and nothing was said. And I spoke to some people who were involved in Nashkoch, and they told me, listen, it never got out. They said they, they they call back everything. So nothing got out. That's the assumption. And there was never an announcement made, which is, to me personally, I, I find it hard to deal with because I think we're not forewarned and people always think everything's great. And we, we do need to hear once in a while the facts. If something's wrong, let us know. We try to get over it. We try to come back to you and buy again. But, but let us know. Unfortunately, we weren't informed. We've, those who know found out. Okay. So the question comes up. Um, you know, they're, they're running a pretty good show. They do a job that satisfies a lot of the people. Many Hashgachas use them. They're fine. Wonderful. Now, uh, is that any different than me checking? So the point is like this. If there was a human error, I don't know, somebody took the took the vegetables that weren't checked yet and sold them as checked, okay, an error occurred. It's terrible, but it's an error. It's a human error. But if the system has a problem, if the system has a problem, then we're in trouble because the system has to be taking a, a vegetable that is found all over with insects in it and they're cleaning it and doing whatever they do to it before to make it called quote bug free and they have the responsibility of, of, of guaranteeing that to us but if there's a problem with their system, if their system breaks down, if the, the, the amount they check, the way they check isn't, isn't enough then you're not protected and it would be better if you checked yourself, not like this lady before who wasn't prepared at all, but somebody who knows how to check would check. You know, not, I'm not saying the world's expert. You don't have to be the world's expert to check. You have to just 
feel that you know what you're looking for. And you have to believe that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to guide you in the right way. And you're not going to make a mistake. And you're a human being. And if you didn't, if you didn't see it, it's, it's not your fault. And Hashem is not going to blame you for it. So that's how you have to approach the idea of vegetable checking. I, I suggest to people to, uh, you know, to, to, to train themselves a little more on the vegetable checking. They must identify this leaf miners because they're in things like celery, which everybody eats. You can't stop eating celery. You can't stop eating you know, some of these some of these that do have the uh, the leaf miners in it, and they're not hard to check. All that said, many many years ago, we had the yeshiva Birkas Ruvain, and the first, the second year, we made a dinners of Malkas, and. We were going, trying our best to get the kashras up to, you know, to the nth degree. I, I, I was into it even in those days, <laughs> many, many, many years ago. And we came there, and uh, everybody, you know, we had two guys specially in the kitchen checking vegetables for us. And this was before anybody knew about this, all this stuff. We were, we were, we were in the very big forefront of this. And, and somebody comes running up to me with a celery. And he showed me that there was a dead fly on it. <laughs> In other words, it hadn't been washed. They didn't even wash the celery, you know. So they were busy with the uh, with the leaves of the you know for the romaine or whatever whatever they were busy with in the kitchen. My 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 young fellows who were working for me, with boys from the yeshiva, they they were doing the best that they could, and and they nobody knew it very much in those days. But here, the fly writes on a thing. I couldn't believe it. Because actually they had not been washed off, so the first thing is that you have to have your vegetables washed, and then you have to check them. And and if you if you, if people don't do the basics, well, you can't complain. It's just it's not you didn't prepare, you didn't do it. So that's sort of the background of what's what's going on in the in the kashas field, and 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 what we have to do for ourselves. I just want to uh, remind everybody that uh, you know we do we are Kashrus Magazine, and if anybody's interested in getting the magazine, you can contact us at seven one eight three three six eight five four four seven one eight three three six eight five four four, and of course uh, we offer a special on J Root Radio, which is much less than the regular subscription price. So uh, you can contact us. I don't want to mention these on the air. It just get a little sticky. So 718-336-8544 if you want. Just leave a message. We'll get back to you. Or you can email me at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. So I mentioned before, a second, and I'll mention it again, that there's a video by Rabbi Belsky. Actually, it's a series of them. I would uh, send anybody if they want. Just say Rabbi Belsky video on chickens, or just say Rabbi Belsky or chickens or whatever. I would try to send it to you. You can our email address again: kashrus k a s h r u s at aol dot com. I also do have a different video, and I will also send that to you if you ask for it. You have to ask separately for each one, um, and it's it's a very interesting video. I have to see it, find where I which email it was in that I got it. But I'm sure I can get it one way or the other. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had a show where I mentioned about Yismach and uh, Yismach.com and uh, about Shaduchim. And I mentioned there was a free safer that I could get you. 
um, it's 200 pages on the halachas of Shaduchim. And I got a small number of people who contacted me because it's all in Hebrew. Well, they do have an English version. It's not as long. It's about 60 pages. It's fantastic. Again, a, in, a, an English version of these uh, laws of Shaduchim. It's very interesting, very high level. And if you're interested in getting that at the same price of zero, 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 just send us an email at kashris at aol.com and just write Shaduchim. So either send chicken or Rabbi Belsky or Shaduchim. And that's kashris at aol.com. And I will send you those, those two videos if you ask for it. And for any other reason you want to contact us with questions, uh, this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine, and our number at the office, 718-336-8544. I, I do suggest that you uh, try to find ways to self-educate yourself in Kashrus. It's really important. This book, Badika Samazon from Rabbi Vaya, is the, uh, definitely the Bible of, uh, of Kashrus. Everybody today ties into Rabbi Vaya, even if they may, de- may disagree on certain things. He is the expert in the field, and the book is an absolute, it was sold out a few times already, it's an absolute uh, blessing for, for Klai Yisrael, making it much easier for us to observe the mitzvahs. And I want to wish all of our listeners, especially uh, uh, all of our listeners, I want to wish them, uh, you, all of you, a kasiva v'asim etova, a good bench to your. This should be a very special year for all of you, and all of us should, uh, our tefillah should be accepted in Shemayim. We should have a very special year in Klai Yisrael, and we hope, we pray that in Eretz Yisrael things will improve, and it, both from the issue with the Arabs and also the internal struggles among the Jewish people that's taking place over there. I don't know if you follow all the news, but there's uh, problems in Kashrus, problems in Shabbos, problems with the wall, uh, many, many, many problems that are going on, and we hope that they will be resolved in the, com- in the coming year. Ksiva v'chsi Amen.